everybody doing? My name is Christian Wagner and I'm the Militant Thomist. So today we're going to be getting into a, this is going to be another short one, but we're going to be getting into a bit of an objection that you often hear. And often in talking to Reformed people, you'll hear this in particular, because in specifically Reformed Eucharistology, and I cover this in a different video, at least I hope I will, because I, I'm planning on it at least. But basically when it comes to the way in which the Reformed think about the presence of Christ in the Eucharist, it's going to be a presence, broadly speaking, and this is this is a very short and simple explanation, but it's going to be a presence which is what's called virtual. So when it comes to a virtual presence by some sort of union between the, sacram uh, the, the sacramental sign and the thing signified, the power and effect of Christ's body and blood is received in the reception of the sacramental sign. So when we receive bread and wine, we receive truly Christ's body and blood. They would say in a similar way, when we receive the waters of baptism, in baptism, the sacramental sign is in some way united to the Holy Spirit, wherein in receiving the waters of baptism, when properly disposed, we receive those graces of the Holy Spirit. That's what we receive in baptism. There's some sort of union which is virtual, but not substantial. And the way in which they're going to argue this is, since you don't need the other sacraments, and they only have one more sacrament, which is baptism, so they will, uh, I, I guess we can all agree to use baptism as an example, since we don't need the baptismal waters to be transubstantiated into the Holy Spirit, why do we need the bread and wine of the Eucharist to be transubstantiated into the body and blood of Christ? And I don't, I don't think it's a good question. I don't think it's a good objection because I could just say, well, God wanted it that way. Get owned, go cry. But for all fairness, uh, using the scholastic method, we answer weird questions when weird questions come up. And I think it's a weird question. So I actually found a section in the Summa Contra Gentiles, which I remember reading before, but I was just reminded of it when I was reading through the section on the Eucharist, where St. Thomas actually tells us exactly why we need the 
the uh, presence in the Eucharist to be different than the presence in baptism. So he says, just as the life of the body needs material nourishment, not only that the body may grow, but also for its natural upkeep, lest it wear away through continual disillusion and lose all its strength, so too was spiritual nourishment needed for the spiritual life, so that those who have been born again may both be sustained and grow in virtue. So what you have here, St. Thomas in, Cat, I have a whole section on the sacraments in general, which kind of, oh man, my chair lean back. That's weird. There you go. Spirit of John Calvin put me back, try to stop me. So with the way in which St. Thomas thinks about these seven sacraments, he is going to pattern them after the way in which our life works. So baptism is that new birth. And then you have confirmation, which is uh, kind of like the coming of age, uh, strengthening. Then you have the Eucharist, which is continual feeding. And then you have the, the priesthood, which is the, the making of uh, officers, to put it that way. Um, of or uh, or leaders in in a certain group of people, and then you have marriage, which is matrimony, which is uh, patterned after natural uh, marriage, obviously. And then you have the sacrament of penance, um, which is patterned after medicine, and then you have extreme unction, which is going to be patterned after like the what what does he say something something about around some some sort of right around death. That's natural. I can't not now. I can't think of. I can't think of um, what exactly. I, I it might be like a, yeah, you know. I can't remember. I'll have to. I'll have to read that section again. But but you understand what I'm saying, is that the way in which the sacraments have been brought about, they pattern after the way in which our natural life works. So just as we've been born again, uh, in in our natural birth and then in our supernatural birth and baptism, so when it comes to our constant disillusions or constant weakening the need for the natural upkeeping of that birth so the needing of uh continuing to upkeep the life of grace to strengthen our uh, weakness in grace we need some sort of nourishment and now in the natural life it's material nourishment but it's going to be different in the supernatural life so we need some sort of nourishment and that is the eucharist the eucharist is like breakfast lunch and dinner for us, you know, when I was when I used to be a Protestant, they used to talk all the time. Well, when it comes to uh, your spiritual life, they would describe like reading the Bible as being eating. It's like you wouldn't go a week without eating, so don't go a week without reading your Bible. Well, it's it's a bit different now that I'm Catholic, because with the Eucharist, the, the Eucharist is more more in line with that. You need the Eucharist extremely often, just like you need food extremely often. You need baptism once in your life, just like you need birth once in your life, and it can't be repeated. And then he's going to argue from this. And since spiritual effects are bestowed upon visible symbols, as stated above, it was fitting that this spiritual element should be given to us under the forms of those things which man uses most common, commonly for the nourishment of the body. Such are bread and wine. Therefore, the sacrament is conferred under the appearance of bread and wine. So in order to symbolize properly and appropriately that effect of nourishment the common elements of nourishment were used to uh as those signs which is bread and wine and then now uh he now 
we're going to get into the argument itself. We must take note, however, that in corporeal things, there is a difference between the union of begetter with begotten and that of nourishment with the subject nourished. So there's a difference between begetter and begotten. So you and your parents, that union that you have, and between you and the food you eat, there's a difference between uh, that, that union. The begetter and the begotten need not be united in substance. So when it comes to you and your parents, completely different substances, but only in likeness and power. Notice there only needs to be that virtual uh, union that's present. That there needs to be a certain affecting of power. Uh, when it comes to uh, the act of power, it is obviously the, uh, the action of the father. But nourishment needs to be united to the body nourished in its very substance. So whereas when it comes to when you're eating food, it is brought within you substantially, not virtually in its power. It's brought to you substantially and then inside of you by that very, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to say in when it comes to material union, eating material food, it's physical union. Although in the Eucharist, it isn't a physical union as we know. But there is that substantial union that takes place between the, the nourishment and the body nourished. Consequently, that the material symbols may correspond to their spiritual effects. In baptism, which is spiritual regeneration, the mystery of the incarnate word is united to us in one way. And in another way, in the sacrament of the Eucharist. Because the union that we have with our parents and the union we have with our food is very different. Which is spiritual nourishment. The word incarnate is present in the sacrament of baptism by his power only. So it's actually uh, the way in which the Reformed think about the way in which the Reformed think about uh, the Eucharist is actually the way in which we think about baptism. Very interesting. But we confess him to be present by his very substance in the sacraments of the Eucharist. And because our salvation was consummated by Christ's passion and death, in which his blood was separated from his body. The sacrament of his body is delivered to us separately under the form of bread and under his blood under the form of wine. And this double consecration is very important because just as when somebody dies, you have the separation of body and blood, just as uh, when Christ was stabbed with the spear, you had blood uh, flow out from him and there you had the separation of his body and his blood. So uh, for our spiritual sacrifice in the in the Eucharist, you need that separation of body and blood, wherein the sacrament happens sacramentally, uh, not corporally or physically. Uh, and actually, um, Father Lagrange is a good section on this uh, throughout the history of theology. And I'll definitely do an episode on that in particular when I get around to the, the sacrifice itself. Thus, this sacram sacrament is a memorial and representation of our Lord's passion. In this way were our Lord's words fulfilled. My flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Okay, that is all I have for you. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Is Yes, my next episode will be out tomorrow. So I'll see you then, and God bless. Glory to God.